cliffcentral.com. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. This is Anthony Vila. We're talking yum things. And uh, it's another day, another dollar, another time to shine. Um, funny enough, we were just listening to some music in the background uh, for kicks and giggles. And Palisa does not know who Childish Gambino is, guys. I hold Donald Glover. She's a wall with it. But that's a story for another day. So what's happening today is that you're hanging out with me, Anthony Pila, otherwise known as the expressionist, otherwise known as your, your blogger's favorite photographer, your photographer's favorite photographer, um, and your mom's secret confidant. No, I'm kidding. So what we're going to do is just talk the year end review on this special episode of Yamtings. Uh, my two compadres, my amigos, uh, are not available today, which is okay. And that's Jacques Silier and Chisanga Mubanga. My partners in crime are off gallivanting, um, because it is that time of year. So what I want to do is kind of just look back on the year. What happened in fashion? What happened in film? What happened in art? What happened that we can look at as a retrospective going forward to kind of summate and know what we're going to do? So something that happened in 2015, January 1, that was quite interesting, was on on the first day of the year, the passing of Natalie Cole, and that is the daughter of Nat King Cole, of course. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Um. I hope he's not turning in his grave because that was, yeah, that was a bit much. I do apologize for that. Um, but other, other interesting things that did happen, um, on the 1st of January, 2016, rather, um, was also a lot of people died. Clearly it was the year of dying. Uh, and in the words of our, I wouldn't even call it popular, but controversial and, uh, well-known celebrity, uh, prophet. Kylie Jenner, it was the year of realizing things. And what I've just realized is that a lot of people died. Um, someone called Pat Harrington, Nicholas Caldwell, and a bunch of others passed away. And I, I don't know if it's because it's the 1st of January that it becomes a very momentous thing where you're thinking about how do I process starting over? And um, dying is, is probably not a good way to start that. For the Beehive, though, on the January the 8th, Beyonce was set to return to the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and the last time she did it was in 2004. Um, it, it was, there was a bit of controversy because the, 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 the one that I remember quite particularly was the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake episode of the, the, the Super Bowl where she had, uh, I think they called it a malrobe or, or a wardrobe malfunction. And, you know, nipples were popping out and it became willy nilly and scary, but, she did her thing and that's what's important. So shout out to Beyonce for her performance because as the beehive will tell you, it was momentous. It was earthquake moving things. Um, and that's, that's always been an interesting thing to me year on year with someone like Beyonce. You do not say anything against Beyonce because the beehive will come after you. Um, you might lose a limb. You might uh, get feminist Twitter on your back. You might get woke Twitter. Um, and you will obviously get the beehive because they are the, the head girls. They are the vice Jesuses of protecting Beyonce's honor. And for lack of a better term, you do not want to be stuck in an elevator 
with anyone from the beehive after having said anything disparaging against her. Just for your own sake. Other Something else that was quite interesting that happened on the January the 8th was Justin Bieber was booted from Mexico because he basically defaced an archaeological site. And that's quite interesting because, um, you know, white privilege, male privilege. I'm looking at you, Justin Bieber. I'm looking at you, Gareth. Um Kidding. Um, and what what was interesting though is what happened with um, I forget her name now. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence uh, apparently did something quite similar this year, where she was on the set of a movie and um, post the movie was doing a, a press conference, an interview, and she spoke about how she was wearing the swimming costume and her ass got really itchy, and um, they were on these sacred rocks. That, um, these Hawaiians, Hawaiian people, um, held very sacred and they were very spiritual, holy, um, things to the people of Hawaii. And she used them as a, as a surface to scratch her ass. And I mean, she's got a great ass. It's, it's wonderful. It's shapely. It's great, but it's trash that she did that because she, she kind of turned scratching her ass with a rock into a joke and uh, let's just say it was not pretty for her but the most interesting thing for me about the the year in review that is 2016 is that a lot of people are not getting away with the things that they used to and that's and that's quite wild so um i think what we're going to have to do is is just contemplate your year and the things that you've done and would you get away with half the things that you've done if you were in um, the spotlight if you were notarized if you were infamous notorious whatever word you want to use because it, it's interesting to to think how we condemn celebrities and all the things that they do or don't do that they say or don't say because they are in a public space Space, and how do we relate to that and how do we condemn or um, venerate them and that's that's going to be an interesting thing to look at going forward into the new year because celebrities do the most but twilibs create the most um so it's been it's been an interesting year in that aspect and what i'm what i'm looking to do for the rest of the show because i've just been talking my own chats my own thoughts my own ramblings is that we're just going to review some of the really coolest things that have happened in fashion in fine art in music and other f words that may pop up um but my mom can rest easy because i don't use swear words so I love you, mom. No swear words. You raised your boy really well. Uh, but yeah, let's take uh, a, a slight detour and talk about what happened in fashion and fine art. Okay, so I want to talk in particular for a little bit about fashion, the year in fashion in review. And... Um, you know, take this with a pinch of salt because it's not like I want GQ's best dressed reader and GQ's best dressed man um, in consecutive years, might I add. So don't take my fashion opinion as authority because what do I know, right? Um, swallow that with a pinch of salt, like I said. So uh, I think it was a great year locally for a young fashion designers and um, the spaces that they occupied. Uh, they are friends of mine that were part of an exhibition, a touring exhibition, um, to put it in, in uh, no uncertain terms. And it was some collaboration that they did with an organization called Merge ZA, which is a traveling showroom. And in the first year, they had five designers. Some of them I know personally and I've worked with over the years in my uh, capacity as a photographer. And 
the the five were Lucanio Mdingi, um, it was Celeste of Selfie, it was Anise Peterson of Young and Lazy, and Wanda Lepoto uh, of the Sartists. If you want to check them out online, and of course um, the 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 Godfather of fashion and young fashion at that, Rich Mnisi. And what was really interesting about their process is that these five designers were chosen for, I guess, their design prowess and they had the opportunity to go to london and showcase their capsule collections um to other markets and to to europe essentially and the the most exciting thing for me i think is that the space that young black creatives are starting to occupy in south africa um you know in, in previous years if you look at uh, fashion weeks and i always used to when i tweet something write fashion week as w-e-a-k because it's 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 not even uh, an age thing sometimes i think it's related to age but the old vanguard of fashion just don't Want to innovate And I remember When I used to shoot Fashion Weeks Again um, As a photographer I used to speak to Fashion editors And beauty editors And fashion writers And they were almost Embargoed Or they were Allowed to talk about Collections That they didn't like And the reasons um, That they didn't like them And for me That was always The most bizarre thing Because how does Anything improve How do you refine Your skill process um, How do you Stay abreast Of what's relevant To people that consume the, the fashion That you create If no one's giving you Constructive criticism And I mean In the same breath I'm, I'm of the school of thought That if someone Has never constructed Anything in their own lives They don't warrant The, the, the relevance to give you any kind of criticism because it's always easy to to speak from the sidelines and think no you should do x y and z this way this was a rubbish collection but if you've never gone through the process or you've never studied it or you don't have years of experience in it even if you haven't studied fashion how do you give an informed opinion and i guess that's what that relates to but going back to my point is that this old vanguard do Crap fashion I mean uh, there's no other way to put it The the fashion at most fashion weeks Is horrendous it's, It doesn't relate to the people in, in the country It's it, it does one of two things Where it becomes overtly African Where you almost bastardize Africanism Because you know it's going to sell To tourists in Cape Town And to, to European markets But it doesn't pay homage To the evolution of, of where we are As young Africans especially And that's why this Connect ZA Merge uh, ZA British Council collaboration with this um, traveling showroom was so important to me because it took African fashion and it evolved it. It took it to a place where, as Kanye West would say, Michael took it. And you can take your pick. Michael Jackson, Michael Phelps, Michael Tyson. Michael is a strong word. Um, so the, the interesting thing for me is that they, they all their clothes have elements of Africanism, but it doesn't bastardize it. It doesn't make it uh, seem like we're caricatures of ourselves. And I think that's what a lot of the old vanguard of fashion will do or are doing. And that's why young designers, um, a lot of the time, are leading innovation because innovation is not always tied to youth, but the younger you are, the more, I would say, reckless you are or the more carefree you are, the more willing you are to take risks. And the older you get, you kind of get set in your ways. But in that same breath, it was also a state of mind because some of the most innovative minds I know are, are in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. And I think that speaks to that. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest. And also the 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 the, the interesting space that other designers occupy, um, young designers like... Um, 
Bangy, aka Tabang Rabutata of a brand called Dead. Um, another brand by a guy called Dodo, um, that's called DOCC and a collection that I worked with him on called Buriko. And an interesting story about Buriko and Nokana is 19, by the way. Nokana, aka Dodo. Um, yeah, he named himself after an extinct bird. Don't ask me why. If I'm ever going to name myself after a bird, it's going to be some bird like, I don't know, chicken. Because everyone loves chicken. Chicken's tasty. But this is looking at me like, oh my God, this guy, why chicken? But um, speaking about Dodo and his collection called Booty Call, the, the interesting thing again about how innovation works. So short story on Dodo and how the collection called Booty Call came to exist is that he was dating a girl at the time and they were semi-cohabitating, um, fighting set situations, you know. Um, if his mom is listening, I do apologize that you didn't know about this. But we had to expose him. Dodo, I'm putting you on blast because you did not actually. Um, so what Dodo did was he was living with his girlfriend. It was her place. Um, he was kind of a kept man, I guess. He was like a house husband. He was doing, you know, he was doing the, the, the strokes, uh, different strokes, different folks. Read into that what you will. But Dodo was living with this girl. It was all good. Until one infamous night, Dodo got a phone call. And what happened in this phone call is that it was another girl in another place doing another thing. And she asked him, Dodo, oh my God, I miss you. Come over. And um, unbeknownst to Dodo, his girlfriend was actually awake, you know, because... I don't know, women Women are, are extraterrestrial beings where I think even in your sleep, you can recount things. I mean, I have uh, an ex-girlfriend that got angry at me one time because I cheated on her. <laughs> but I cheated on her in her sleep. So she got angry at me because I was unfaithful in her dream. So that's why I'm, I'm like, so what must happen now? Because I'm sorry, I guess, for cheating in your dream. Anyways, getting back to the Dodo story, uh, shout out to all women though, because you guys are the strongest and most beautiful and most powerful entities on this planet. But Dodo gets this phone call, his girlfriend hears this whole conversation, and also because Dodo is being a Dodo, he's having this conversation on, on his phone right next to his seemingly asleep girlfriend. Um, he leaves the house. And this was in the way, in the wee hours of the, of the night or the morning as booty calls would happen because this, this call from this other woman was essentially a booty call. So he leaves, um, slips out of bed, hoping that, you know, he's done enough strokes to, to keep his girlfriend incapacitated. Gross. Um, <laughs> but Lisa keeps looking at me funny. Um, but that's, that's, we'll deal with that later. So he leaves, does whatever he, he does with the other girl. Uh, by the time he comes back home, the girlfriend is obviously, you know, dealt with this. She's processed, uh, processed the whole thing, um, and moved all of his stuff outside and left him with a, with a, with a note to say, essentially, I heard everything you said. You can go be with that other, um, expletive, expletive, expletive. Goodbye. And now I don't know if you know the thing with cheaters that's really interesting is that cheaters love victimizing themselves. So he did all the wrong. He was, he was all wrong. Dodo all wrong. But what he did was, uh, turn that inwards and kind of, I wouldn't say victimize himself, but he was heartbroken, even though it was a situation of his own creation. You know, yo, uh, and I'm heartbroken. I don't know how to deal. Maybe, uh, I should. Oh, and by the way, Dodo has the, the most, I'm actually going to get him to come in for an interview. Maybe next week he's got the most awesome voice. Um, it sounds like there's a tennis ball stuck in his throat, but his voice is awesome. So 
he sounds something like, oh, aunt, uh, I'm really heartbroken, Joe, and, um, <laughs> you know, I'm really sad, but uh, I think I'm going to take this pain and turn it into fashion. And that's what he did. So he created a fashion collection under his fashion brand called DOCC called Buriko. And um, one of the most interesting pieces that he designed actually was a shirt that had writing on it like a dear diary entry and there were little excerpts of you know how he was feeling on different days um there was a jacket that had writing on the back that i think what did it say um, i told my therapist about you which is also quite interesting because he kind of you know he went into it um and he was he was brave i mean he was brave and forthright about his stupidity in doing the things that he did but he owned it which was great um and he spoke about, you know, I went to therapy. I did all of these things because I, I had to figure out why did I, why did I do the things that I did? So that was really awesome of, of him. And I think that's, you know, shout out to a black man saying I needed therapy. I needed help doing this thing. So that was great. But, um, the, I guess the whole point of this really drawn out story is that young, and innovative minds find inspiration from various places. And oh, by the way, that collection that he did, every single piece sold out. Um, and, and, and like I said, I had, a, I had the opportunity to work with him on the art direction and the photography and the creative direction. And he got features in magazines and, and uh, online publications and all of that. And that was great. But the, the point for me is, can somebody at Fashion Week build such an interesting narrative around the thing that they're making? I doubt it because all the clothes look like they're from the eighties with like bootleg cut jeans and shiny foils and, um, just irrelevant things to the times that we live in. And the funny thing about fashion again is that it'll happen in the streets and then people will bastardize, bastardize it for the fashion weeks. Um, so if you're in that space, please, please, we beg, innovate. Do not just open up these fashion week doors to uh, Santin cougars who have no hobbies and they've got a rich husband who just throws money at them and they design ugly co uh, clothes that are like an assault on our eyes. Let's not do that. There's a lot of talent in South Africa, young talent, people that have never studied a day of design, but they have the internet at their disposal and they have innovation and they have creativity. And if you combine all of those things, the best education you can get, I believe, is on the internet. Bar lawyers, doctors, and engineers, because we don't need any more collapsing bridges or anything like that. That's not a place any of us want to be. So that's my little fashion rant. I think we're going to move into, I don't know, music next. Let's talk about the year in music. Okay, so... Music, music is uh, a very important aspect of my life, anyways, and um, I think I think music is, I guess, important to most people because it's the soundtrack to your everyday. It's the you know, it's the songs that nurse you when you're heartbroken, listening to Tamia, crying in the shower, eating ice cream, wondering does your life mean anything anymore, and why doesn't anyone love me? Okay, maybe that went a little too personal to me and my <laughs> personal issues, and I apologize no i'm kidding but um music is is an important aspect of everything that we all do and that's something that we can never shy away from and 2016 as a whole what a year for music i mean if you look at the releases from everyone from the likes of uh john mayer to james blake to frank ocean even though that that was the longest um 
uh, what what I'm trying to find like a non-gross way of saying it, but it was the longest tease of of the year because Frank Ocean was 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 delaying like no one's business, and people were actually starting to petition and threaten his life and the life of his mother. They were like, Frank, we need that music. Drop it, or else we'll drop you and your mom in a drive-by. Um, which is which defeats the purpose if you think about it. I think the internet has released too much crazy into the world because that that makes no sense to me that you would threaten the life of the person whose music you want to listen to. If they die, what is the likelihood of that music coming out? But um, yeah, it was an incredible year. And if I look at the the kinds of music that came out, um, especially. Uh, towards the tail end of the year, it got very emotional. People are dealing with the most. I mean, Kid Cudi had a uh, album released called Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying, and in it, I guess he discusses his 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 struggle with um, mental health and relationships and love and desire and passion and pain and demon slaying, as he put it. But um, I think it's it. Oh, and and locally, that's what I was. That's what I actually wanted to say is that locally, we had some really interesting releases from the likes of Langa Mavuso, um, Rams, Espacio Dios. All of these names that you don't know about yet, but give it another year or two and you will go back and listen to this and be like, actually, actually, this Anthony guy was onto something with all of these local acts. But um, it was an incredible year for, for music. And I guess the most preeminent musician of our time, one of the greatest artists known to man, Mr. Kanye West himself, I guess made the most headlines for a variety of reasons throughout the year, whether it was um, the release of his Yeezy boosts, 350s, 750s, 950s, all of those uh, shoes, um, which you will find in most parts of South Africa and in never in short supply and all of them are fake. If I see another fake Yeezy boost, I might have to tackle someone's granny. And I'm sorry, granny, but why are you wearing the 350 boost? They're, they're, they're very rare. They're very low key, not even a low key shoe anymore, but they're turning into that, that into an all star basically. And, the amount of fakes that exist, guys, you guys are maybe funding terrorism with all of these fake Yeezy boosts. Because the, the interesting thing about, about a shoe like that or any high end fashion brand is that it, it all needs to make sense. So would you be wearing a 4,000 Rand sneaker and the rest of your outfit doesn't like add up? Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. So just, you know, live in your lane with the, with the All-Stars. I'm happy wearing uh, All-Stars and, and simple sneakers. Let's not stand on ceremony, as uh, Bane would say from The Dark Knight, Mr. Wayne. Um, but yes, getting back to Kanye West and music, um, he dropped probably one of the most anticipated albums of the year, The Life of Pablo. And even, I mean, even the release of that album had so much drama and so so much uh, uh, controversy around it because the title of the album would change, um, the release date would change. At some point, Kanye was pointing the finger at um, guys like Chance the Rapper and saying, this album's not coming out because they haven't finished their parts in the songs that we're doing. Um, I remember at some point he was even fighting with Wiz Khalifa and Amber Rose because he wanted to call the album Waves at a stage and... Wiz Khalifa wanted to pay tribute to some other, I forget the guy's name, but Kanye West actually being the petty childish guy that he can be featured that same guy in the album, um, in a skit. And this guy had an album called Waves. Wiz Khalifa must have been stoned out of his mind and was like, yo, he's not even the first guy to call his album Waves anyway. Wada, wada, wada. And Kanye being Kanye went off the handle. Um, and 
verbally attacked Wiz Khalifa, Amber Rose, who is his baby mama, and Sebastian, their kid. And um, that shows you, I guess, the level of intensity that Kanye West has, where you can attack a two-year-old child um, and be and say, "I the reason your child exists is because of me. I'm I'm the reason your damn child is. I mean, Kanye, yo, chill." Breathe um, And and I mean Even in and around him And his life Things were happening um, During the release Post the release um, When I think It happened During one of his Most recent concerts Where He actually Went on stage Had a little rant Promoting Donald Trump And all kinds of things And then Went off stage And then was checked into Hospital for Quote unquote Exhaustion um, But I think he just You know Was going through too much And then the first thing he does When he comes out of Hospital Is visit Donald Trump But I mean These things always happen Too coincidentally To other things Because This was around the time He was releasing Another version Of um, that shoe The Yeezy 350 Boost So You wonder How much of this Is, is sincere And how much of it is uh, A mental breakdown And how much of it Is actual Just hype um, So Yeah Kanye West Doing the most And Also there's There's one particular Line from The Life of Pablo That I thought was Was weird And I, I know It wasn't in Ultra Light I'm trying to remember The name of the song was it, um, I forget the name of the song, but once I say the line, you'll know it. And he says something to the effect of, um, now if I get with this model and she bleached the asshole and I get bleached on my t-shirt, I'm going to feel like an asshole. What does that mean even? Uh, I mean, I've been out a few times and I've seen people listen to the song and recite lyrics and he's talking about asshole bleaching. What does that mean even? Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm fortunate that I didn't have breakfast, so this line didn't churn my stomach too much. But what what's going on in, in music in general when it comes to lines like that? But I mean, Kanye West was Kanye West, probably the most influential musician of the last decade. Um, and I think we should be grateful for the music that he's made, the music that he's going to make, and the music that he collaborates with. Uh, another one that... that I think stood out for me was a, was the Ray Shremet song called Black Beatles and um, the amount of mannequin challenges that happened was ridiculous. Um, I, I was visiting a friend of mine and his grandmother at an old age home and they even wanted to do a, a mannequin challenge. Suffice it to say, it didn't, it didn't work out. It became the Alzheimer challenge because it was just shaky. And people were like, people were like, was, was your camera shaky? And was it? I'm like, no. These old people were trying to do things that they couldn't and it just don't, old guy, because you're ruining the mannequin challenge. Um, but speaking of the mannequin challenge, actually, there was, there was an interesting one that you have to YouTube. Basically just, uh, Google search mannequin challenge cheating. And again, it's of a guy who was, um, in the bathroom. Um, and yeah, you'll have to look because there's, there's a few really good ones, but there's this particular one of a guy who's in his bathroom, his girlfriend. He doesn't see that his girlfriend is, is watching him from outside of the bathroom because the door is ajar, slightly ajar. And what happens is he's talking to another girl. He's pulling a dodo essentially. Um, and he's talking to another girl on the phone and he's going in about, yo, I'm going to, yes, Balissa just found it. It's the third one there. So if you Google that, what I've just said, it's the third one. So he's, he's speaking on the phone about going to see this girl and how tired he is of his own girlfriend. And then, 
the girlfriend storms in after a while because he's saying, you know, oh, my girlfriend is boring. She's lame. I'm tired of her. She's done the most, et cetera, et cetera. And then she barges in and she's like, I saw you. I've been recording this. And the guy just freezes. He doesn't speak. He doesn't say anything. He just holds the mannequin challenge. Um, and he just, he stops and, and she keeps, you know, shouting at him, speaking to him. And then eventually he breaks and he's like, yo, I was doing an acting challenge. Why don't you ever support me? And, and yeah, anyways, go find it. It's, it's really interesting, but we have black Beatles to thank for that because they gave him ammunition to try to get out of, uh, out of cheating. And, um, I mean, sidestepping music and just speaking about, uh, cheating, what a year for cheaters, um, you know, uh, I, I think that we should still do, I don't know if you even remember the South Africa or the, the, the show called Cheaters. I want us to still do a South African version of that. Um, just bear in mind, everyone needs to, will have to like be wearing Kevlar, uh, bulletproof vests. Um, we need to make sure there's no weapons, um, on the, on the side of the person who is being cheated on because it can get really wild. I remember on an actual episode of Cheaters where a guy got stabbed. Um it was actually the, the the host because he's a bit of an instigator. Um I don't know if you've ever watched Cheaters um YouTube an episode or even a clip but the host is an instigator. He stirs so he'll you know build up the thing. Here's the footage of him cheating on you. This is him having sexual intercourse and looking like he enjoys it and he just builds it and builds it and then obviously the confrontation happens and at that stage if you're if you're the aggrieved party, you're livid, you're angry, you're you know, you want you want justice, you want revenge. And he'll say things like like a Jerry Springer would, Yeah, here's a knife. Do something with the knife. We are not responsible, though. And um, I, I, I don't think that's that's ever the best way to deal with it. And ha- having been someone who has been cheated on, um, I think it's always good to understand, even though it's I don't think it's ever particularly anyone's fault, but it takes two to tango. And for the health of whatever you do next in a relationship, you should understand what did I contribute to create this situation? Um, not saying that you are the cause of it, but is there anything that you could have done different that wouldn't have led to the circumstances leading to what they have? Um, but in that same breath, having said that, is I, you know, if someone wants to cheat, they'll cheat. But if you understand, well, maybe I wasn't attentive enough. Maybe I wasn't around enough. Maybe I didn't do X, Y, and Z. It could help you in your next relationship to mitigate against those things. But the, 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 at the end of the day, I guess a cheater is a cheater. So you shouldn't, um, you know, get too hard on yourself because the, a cheater is going to do what they, they want. And like the saying goes, I'm a spot. They won't change on a cheater. Hola. Um, but yes, anyways, getting back to music. Um, I'll, it will be interesting to see who else, um, comes out in 2017 with, with amazing music. But, um, looking at the Grammy nominations and all of that, uh, life is full of injustice where, Someone who I, I think has, has cool personal style, but I'm not a particular fan of their music. Someone like Rihanna being overlooked, um, versus a, a Beyonce. And not to compare the two because they're very different independent artists, but the Rihanna anti-album versus Lemonade. Guys, those, there's levels in this life and those two things aren't the same. And this is coming from someone who's given one star to every Rihanna album on his iTunes up until Anti. Bar the, 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 the popular tracks, you know, that you'll hear when you're out, the, 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 I don't know. See, that's how much I hate 
Rihanna's music in general that I have a mental block. Besides Anti, though, because Anti, I could play every single song because it felt like an artist album rather than a pop album to try to sell albums. And the reason she did that, by the way, is because Samsung bought uh, something like 2 million copies of the album. So it went certified platinum without her ever having to sell a single copy, which is, I think, gave her the, the, the room. To experiment and play Because you don't have to pander to the public uh, And you can drop the kind of things That you want to create And uh, I think she did that Because it's starkly different to um, the other albums Because I could actually um, enjoy it um, which is which is wild to me. It's it's a very different thing. Um, another last song I'll talk about though that I I that just like out of memory that that comes to me is a song by Khalid or Khalid. I don't know how you say his name, but it's called Location. And this song was a smash hit. And I guess I could relate to it um, in the sense that in the song he talks about about a girl that he wants to see, and he tells her to send. Uh, her location so that he can go see her and uh, i think that's that's what romance is in 2016 is it's digitized it's yo send send a nude send a, a selfie send location netflix and show um i mean do people still go on picnics but listen do you go on picnics and things technology has changed like i don't know the way we consume each other and even the way we communicate is so different. Uh, I remember having a, a friend a few years ago and she met a guy online um, and they would speak via Messenger and all kinds of apps, WhatsApp or whatever. And they actually started dating via having having kind of met in passing once or twice, exchanging numbers and speaking via text. And the, the difference was that they, they had such chemistry and, you know, they were both eloquent and everything flowed while they conversated. But... As soon as they met in person, they couldn't speak. They would stutter, mm and ah, not make eye contact. They they wouldn't be as um, um, eloquent and say you know cool quotes and things because Google is is in your phone and you can't sit there googling things to say to somebody. And that's an interesting dynamic um, to look at in how we experience relationships um, with the advent of technology, for better or worse. Um, but I think. That we need to create um, real life apps, if I can put it that way. So, like to give you an example, think of Tinder. And Tinder is is a, it's a dating app where you, if you swipe left, I think you like the person. If you swipe right, you reject the person. And if they do the same on their side, it connects you guys, and then it opens up um, a chat, a messenger chat that's confidential to the two of you. So, imagine if we did like speed dating Tinder, but in real life. So you sit in front of somebody, you look at each other, you don't speak. If you like them, you push them to the left. If you if you hate them, you push them to the right. And then if you both push each other in the same direction. Well, no, no, actually, no, I'm not, I haven't thought this, this app through. Because if you're both looking at each other from the opposite direction and I'm pushing you left, if I like you and you, if you have to push left, you're going to, we're going to push each other in the opposite direction, right? Yes. It's, science is hard, guys. <laughs> This is why I like creative vibes. What? But no, it would still it would still work because you'd push each other and then you'd go in opposite directions and be like, oh, we like each other. Now we can talk. But I want to do that in real life. Also in the streets, just walk past people. I like you. Push to the right, to the left, to the left. Shout out to the, the beehive. Um, I want to bring apps into real life so that people can interact, man. It's 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 such a dying art to 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 be tactile and to conversate and to speak in real life. So do it, guys. 
leave 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 the digital stuff and you know connect again. I think that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I've deviated from music, so I'll say less about that and come back in two seconds to talk about the last thing that I'm going to talk about. So, um, Arriva Dochi for now. I'm going to talk. I think movies. I will talk movies on Yam Tings with Anthony Bila. Don't go anywhere. Okay, so we're doing the the last little bits before uh, I say Arriva Dirty, Sayonara, uh, Bye, or whatever. However, you say your goodbyes. Um, do you actually remember? Was it as yet they had a song about how hard goodbyes are? It's so hard to say goodbye. Whose song was that? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah, I don't remember whose song was. Google it, but you'll you'll get the the idea. So um, yeah, in terms of films, uh, I'm gonna be quite quick with it because movies are very a very personal thing, like music. Um, but yo, I've, I've seen some crazy, crazy movies um, this year. My favorite though is a movie called Lobster, um, which stars Colin Farrell, and it's a like a weird movie about. Basically, it's it's a movie about. Um, relationships and the, the dynamics there within those relationships so in in the world as it exists in the movie the lobster when you reach a certain age and if you haven't gotten married or found a partner you go to this hotel and at this hotel it's kind of like your last effort it's like the last kicks of a dying horse so everyone in this hotel is single and you have a, a predetermined amount of time to find a partner in that place and if you don't, you get turned into an animal. So when you get there, they, they'll take, or if you don't find a partner within three weeks, what animal do you want to get turned into? And, um, Colin Farrell chooses a lobster and other people will choose dogs, cats, whatever, whatever animal it is. Um, and so that happens. So in that, in that span of that time, or it's actually 45 days, it's not even three weeks. It's 45 days that you spend in this place and getting to know people. And if you don't, they, Turn you into an animal uh, How bizarre is that But I mean in, in the process of this movie You also can extend your stay If you go out hunting for people That try to escape from That institution and don't want to be Turned into animals um, And yeah it's a very dystopian movie But like it's, it's weird and I liked it So if you have the time Stream it, uh, buy the DVD Do the, whatever you want um, Another weird thing that comes to movies is that they they are whatever you want to make them so don't waste your time not watching movies they give you life but um i'm going to sign out um shout out to Jacques Cillier and Chisanga Mopanga for not showing up i will be around soon with them and we're going to talk this out during the next episode of Yam Tings on Cliff Central you can count on it it's me Anthony Bila signing out arrivederci sayonara dasvidaniya hambaniyal bye cliffcentral.com